us down to the last comic shop in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, hey! And it is now time for more of the last comic shop! That's right, we are opening up the shop to newbies to help them find their way underneath this giant comic book tent and explain to them why Rob Liefeld quite possibly is the greatest of all time. <laughs> I am so with you, and we are keeping the lights on for those oldie moldies like me that have been digging through their back issues and be like, oh, this was awesome. Remember when he did that? That was awesome. Oh, man, this is awesome. And then finding his books where he had his own company, which was, in fact, awesome. <laughs> Wow. I'm the host with the most, Andy Larson. I'm joined by Jay Scott and, of course, our number one Rob Liefeld fan himself, Chad Smith. That's right, folks. It is Leftovers from the Year of Chad. I tried so hard to get this into the Year of Chad. (laughs) And and for for all the adults out there that are playing along at home, and if it's after hours and you're not driving, feel free to open up a adult beverage of your choice and play along with the drinking game. How many times will Chad mention Rob Liefeld's podcast? (laughs) It's so good. Rob Servations, take a drink. If you are a fan of the comic book industry, it is wonderful because it's not just Rob Liefeld telling Rob Liefeld stories. He's going all over the place. He's telling stories about you know people like Neil Adams and comic book greats, and he's talking smack on people like Dan Didio, and he's looking at the industry, and it's like, it, as podcasters, we're often tasked with trying to be positive about comic books and helping people get involved. And I genuinely think that Rob Liefeld's podcast, Rob Observations, does exactly the same thing where he is trying to get people excited about comics and trying to spread the history of comics and he'll read old articles. And even if you're not the biggest Liefeld fan of his work, I would recommend you check out some of the podcasts because they, they do have some really interesting stories to tell. Very cool. What would, what would be a particular uh, episode or something? Do you off the top of your head that you were like, Oh my gosh, I love that one. So some of my personal favorites were back in the very first year of the podcast where it started during the pandemic. When he talks about Heroes Reborn, when he took over Captain America and Jim Lee took over Fantastic Four Mm -hmm. and Rob had the Avengers and Jim Lee had Iron Man and what transpired and how Marvel pulled the rights. And that bled into Rob Liefeld licensing Fighting American from Joe Schuster and Jack Kirby. Oh. And the story of that book and how that came to be and the parallels between that and the Winter Soldier movie that came out and all this, all the stuff that, that sprang forth from it. I mean, some Marvel stuff in there. You get some Image Comics intrigue. You get some classic stuff with the Kirby and the Schuster. Like, the comics, I, I tracked them down. They're really awesome comics to boot. <laughs> what? The uh, the Heroes Reborn comics? The Heroes Reborn. Captain oh, America my. is awesome. See, I, I like the fact that it exists just simply because it can be like basic level. It can only go up from there. <laughs> you, had me, you, you had me at the podcast and suddenly you're like, here, have some Kool-Aid as well. The Kool-Aid is good. No, I am a devotee. Unpol- unapologetic about it. But do you know what the number one selling Avengers book ever was? Well, what was that, Chad? Avengers number one. From I- Rob Liefeld. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Rob Liefeld book that we're going to be reviewing on today's program is one of his more recent ones. Uh, he went back to Marvel and one of his wonderful characters that uh, he's very, very famous for. Chad, what are we reading from Rob Liefeld this week? So we are reading the second chapter of his uh, his series following Deadpool. This one is called Deadpool Batter Blood. And we'll be talking a little bit about the first chapter, the bat, what, bad blood, bad right? Bad blood. Yeah, because like I, I put that on the assignment. It was like extra credit if you wanted to read Bad Blood. Which, by the way, Bad Blood? The only time Deadpool's had a number one book in Deadpool's history. Top the charts with that original graphic novel. Well, not going too far. I kind of sort of liked Bad Blood a little bit more than Batter Blood, honestly. But that's just me, and we'll get to that in just a second. But just to make sure that this show is not just all about Rob Liefeld, I thought it would be a great opportunity to take the first segment of today's show to talk about other comic book writers and artists that we are truly passionate about. I, I hope that you get the fact that Chad is 
truly passionate about Rob Liefeld as an artist. Like, you know, he is a devotee and will buy books just because Rob Liefeld's attached to them. Now, I wanted to ask J.A. if there's anybody out there in the comic book universe that he would buy comic books just because they're involved with that project. Yeah, I would have to start with Barry Windsor Smith. Uh, I've loved him for decades now, be it on his guest turns on the X-Men books or his long run on Conan, his Wolverine Weapon X uh, miniseries, which was incredible, and then his great run on in Valiant with Archer and Armstrong, the way he did the bookends for Unity, which is, as we've said on this program many times, probably the best crossover in all of comic books. I just love Barry Windsor Smith, what he brings to the page, his storytelling ability and his line drawing. Just incredible. And you know what other crossover he worked on? <laughs> Death Mate? Did he do Death Mate? <laughs> he did Death Mate and the opening issue. Uh, I, I believe it was the prelude, and you know who the other artist was uh, on the other half of the Deathmate prelude issue? <laughs> was it Rob Liefeld? It was Rob Liefeld! Oh, Lordy Hannah. It's somehow going to get back to Rob, uh, regardless of what we talk about. All but roads lead to Rob. We had an opportunity on this show to cover a more, a more recent Barry Windsor Smith, his magnum opus, right, J.A.? Yes, we did Monsters. Just an amazing book if you've never checked. I mean, there's a reason why it took him 20 years to do that book. It's powerful. It's brutal. It is a vicious book. Pulls no punches from an artistic standpoint. And uh, I I can't agree more. The Barry Windsor Smith would definitely be somebody I'd pick up just because they were attached. Anybody else, J.A.? This one's more of a nostalgia play. But since we're all on the the Rob Liefeld kick today and and (laughs) when i hear rob liefeld i think of 90s x-force and those late new mutants issues so i like not rob but ron that would be ron mars and ron Lim. uh pause button we're gonna need to change this adult beverage game to like half a drink because on observations rob liefeld's podcast he mentions how todd mcfarlane at one point before uh they were introduced the l boys which included Lee, Liefeld, Lim, and Larson. And he had lumped them all in. Big up and comers at the time. Another great episode of that podcast. <laughs> Any case, the, you like the Rons. Yeah, that's the great thing. So I loved them in the 90s when they were when they were working together on the monthly Silver Surfer book, which it's such oh. a travesty that Marvel hasn't put out a Silver Surfer book anytime recently, except except we've got ron lim and ron mars back together again silver surfer rebirth was a uh, limited series run that they put out that was about silver surfer back in the day they they didn't bother with retconning they just said this takes place when we were writing that book and then (laughs) they put out warlock rebirth and now they've got a second silver surfer series silver surfer rebirth legacy so yeah. it's all good if you loved that 1990s silver surfer you can come back to the fold it's what is old is new again yeah i think i'll i'll, I'll uh I'll jump on that bandwagon of folks that I loved in the 90s that I still buy books just because they draw. I've said it on many shows. I love the artwork of Mike Allred. And so anytime Mike is on a book, I'll pick it up. That madman love runs deep in my veins. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I really do love when he draws the Marvel Universe. He's got such a quirky kind of Silver Age style that I think he did a Warlock book himself. It was one of my favorite issues just simply because I had never seen Adam Warlock look like that. I was just like, this is awesome. I'll take this and a ham sandwich. This is the best. Just put it on a plate, eat it up all the time. But I will say this, as I've gotten a little bit older, I as artists go, I'm starting to reconnect with a lot of folks that have uh, long since passed. So, like, again, some of those Golden Age guys, like the Wally Woods and uh, Basil Wolverton. If you've ever seen any Basil Wolverton art, it is nuts. Like, that guy had a style all of his own. It kind of looks like superhero meets the Yellow Submarine Beatles movie. Really interesting stuff. Love that. Love the Alex Raymond Love uh, Milton Caniff and and Frank Frazetta. I love all of that stuff. So I see any of that golden age, you know, early Silver Age stuff. 
I'm eating up a spoon. But you were saying earlier before we started recording that today you're less drawn to artists and more so writers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think more often than not, if there's going to be writers that come out with books such as Tom King, such as Jonathan Hickman, such as Mark Wade, such as Tom Taylor. We've read a lot of Tom Taylor stuff, and I think I've come around to like, he's really great. And so those guys, they put out books, I'll pick them up. Which brings me to my other point, which doesn't come so much from Rob's observations, but it comes from Rob's whatnot show, <laughs> Rob Liefeld, where he recently has lamented, and I, I have to agree with him, that there aren't a lot of artists these days that are making comic books that are driving comic book purchases. The, the industry has shifted, and it's hard to think of those people, and like, uh, there are some folks that, you know, that we're nostalgic for that we'll pick up books for, but very rarely are there artists being the driving force behind, you know, the pickup these days. And I, I was hard-pressed to think of it. And there, there's a couple, but usually those artists are teamed up with a creator, like a Tom Taylor or a Tom King. Um, mm. So it's hard for me to differentiate. And so the best I could come up with when you, you pose the question of who are artists or who are people that drive you to, to buy a book these days... It's the people that are artist writers, that are that are storytellers in their own right. And so one of the classic guys that I always go back to is Walt Simonson. I love Walt Simonson. His yeah. Thor run, I think, is the best of comics. Like, it does everything you would want a comic book to do. It's just ridiculous and silly and action-packed and epic enough. Every little thing that you can do in a comic, Walt Simonson, you know, does to perfection. But then the other one is a far more recent one. It is uh, Danny Warren Johnson, where... I bought a Transformers book. I don't care anything about Transformers. I'm a G.I. Joe guy. But whenever I saw Danny Warren Johnson's name on a Transformer book, I'm like, yeah, okay. I'll buy it. <laughs> Robots doing suplexes? That's okay. what I said. I, I saw Optimus Prime suplexing Megatron, and I'm like, okay. All right. You had me at that. I mean, there are some artists to kind of close out this segment that I will buy just because they do it nowadays. Your love of Chris Somney has kind of rubbed off on me. Obviously, I really still love uh, Doc Shaner. Anything Doc Shaner draws is going to immediately pull me to that book. But you're right. Like, I do like some of those guys when they team with other folks. Like, there, it's hard to beat the team of Mark Wade and Chris Somney. It's hard to beat the team of Jeff Parker and Doc Shaner or Doc Shaner and Tom King. Like, there's certain people. It's like peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah, right. Like Mitch Jarrods, Trad yep. Moore. Oh, yep. Trad Moore's one. Yeah, there's not a lot, really, if you think about it. Like, there's the Bruno Redondos. Like, I feel like all the DC guys kind of look the same. And the same is true with, like, the good X-Men artists, like Pepe Larraz. Like, I couldn't point to a Pepe Larraz drawing and be like, that's Pepe Larraz. Mm. I could say, oh, that's really well done. Fiona Staples? I mean, she's everything. There's she's pairs a of saga, people. right? Yeah. Teams. There's, but some of those teams sing, man. That's kind of that's kind of like uh, going back to the Stan Lee Jack Kirby days or Stan Lee Steve Ditko teams as opposed to. There's something to be said for teams, honestly. To the point where, you know, there's not a lot of writer artists to jump out. I feel like those are very special individuals, right? They only come around, you know, once in a while where there's somebody that not only can write, not only can draw, but does the whole package. And so they're very special. And I, so I like the fact that there aren't actually a lot of them when you say yeah, Jeff not, Smith. Not everyone can be Gary Trudeau. <laughs> In any case, we've got a lot more comic books to talk about right after these commercial breaks, so stay tuned for more of The Last Comic Shop. We'll be right back with Rob Liefeld and uh, Deadpool Batter Blood. Oh, we're going to Killsville, baby. It's all Killsville. Hey, it's Mikey Wood, frequent Last Comic Shop guest and collector. And as a collector, I'm always in need of boards, bags, long boxes, and more to house all those comics. That's why I use promo code LCSPOD to get 10% off my orders at bcwsupplies.com. Not only does it get me a discount on BCW's already low prices, but I know using LCSPOD at checkout is another way I can show my support to the Last Comic Shop podcast and their continuing mission to bring fans together under that big comic book tent. So if you're in need of comic book supplies, Head out to bcwsupplies.com and use promo code LCSPOD today. That's LCSPOD. Uh, 
Hello, friends. Do you like the 80s and Transformers? We are the Autopod Decepticast, and we started our podcast doing a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 classic animated feature, Transformers the Movie. We've since moved on to an episode-by-episode review of the G1 series and just started Season 3. We have over 180 episodes, so if you're just discovering our show, there's plenty of gold to stuff into your ears. And it is very funny and fantastic. I'm not biased... We are on every podcast aggregator you could possibly stomach. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and our web presence is autopoddecepticast.com. We are at apoddecast on Twitter and all of the things. Autopod Decepticast, friends, for all your animated Transformer needs. And we are back, and while we are not talking about the great writer-artist Gary Trudeau, we are talking (laughs) about a writer-artist, Chad's favorite, Rob Liefeld, and what book? did we do today so this is the sequel to the original graphic novel bad blood which marvel then turned into issues and added a couple extra pages and re-released a few years later but that was bad Blood. this is batter blood a five issue miniseries that came out in 2023 the story and pencils and inks by rob liefeld Chad Bowers helps out on the script, and there's some ink assists by uh, Shelley Robertson. You've got colors by David Ramos, or J. David Ramos, and BC's Joe Sabino does the lettering. Oh, right. And what happened in this five-issue miniseries? Because <laughs> I need someone to explain it to me. All right. Well, if you want to go back and listen to some a past episode, when I talked about how we read Longshot, right, and things just, like, happened. That's a lot of what happens in Batter Blood, honestly. Uh, so to just set it up, in Bad Blood, you're introduced to a super powerful member of Department H, the badass secret organization that makes all of the killer... The Canadian killers. The Canadian... They've like, got the Hanson brothers and these guys. Right. Exactly. And Wolverine's Canadian? What's up with... I thought Canadians were supposed to be nice people, eh? They, they can create killers... Hockey and maple syrup. That's what they got uh, up there in Canada. But simply put, long line of folks that came out of Department H, whether it was Wolverine, whether it was Garrison Kane. This is the newest one. His name's Thumper. And, which, which uh, hold the presses for a second, because I remember reviewing a certain Valiant title where Chad was all about how horrible the name yeah, Thumper yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. Who names their character Thumper? <laughs> Luckily, Rob Liefeld has resurrected and reinvigorated the name Thumper. You're welcome. So Thumper ended up being one of Deadpool's buddies from high school or whatever, and kind of worshipped Deadpool when he was just Wade Wilson. And so like when he found out that Deadpool had gone into Department H and became Deadpool, he wanted to follow suit, and they made him into this unstoppable killing machine. And so the whole bad blood is all about Deadpool kind of saving the soul of this thumper, trying to release him from the control of uh, Department H. So Batter Blood picks up with Deadpool and Cable and Wolverine tracking down the dude that created all the folks in Department H, some German guy. I can't remember his name. Werner von Schnitzelface. Any case, Thumper gets to him first. And then they, they run away... When they go to Madripoor, there's uh, Tiger Tiger, who is one of Wolverine's old flames. From Marvel Comics Presents. <laughs> and and she's there with Killville and then Arcana or Arcania or Arcade Sister. And then, like, for some bizarre reason, they go into, like, virtual reality. And you're just like, what does this have to do with the Department H? <laughs> And at that point, I just checked out and I just started. Did you get yeah, that Cable shows up here. and Cable's there and, and Spider-Man like, shows you up? You left out Venom Pool. You left out and, Shatterstorm. And Shatterstorm. It's and like you've it's got like robot Venom. And it's like it's like with Bad Blood. All of the old X Force folks show up there. You got Cable, Domino, Shatterstar, Warpath. Yeah, Warpath. Warpath. That uh, cannonball, he's blasted, and, and that's the 10 cent synopsis. And I'm gonna jump right into my initial thoughts. That's actually why I enjoyed Bad Blood more than Batter Blood. Because, first off, I thought Bad Blood actually had a direction, right? You know, you had Deadpool on one side, you had uh, uh, Thumper on the other side, you had a, 
clearly defined protagonist, antagonist, and although they were teleporting all around, it told an interesting story about how they used to be friends, and that's something that I could, get, I guess, get behind. The, the level of confusion for me from issue to issue was a lot less in Bad Blood, honestly, because... Again, it was just like kind of going back to the 90s and just like, oh, those were old X-Force issues. And, you know, it was it was nice to revisit that. Plus the fact that I will say that I believe on Bad Blood, Bowers actually had help. Another writer that I really, really like is Chris Sims, who uh, did actually the awesome Sleepwalker story from, what, Infinity Watch? Yeah. Uh, so I've been a fan of him for a long, long time. Batter Blood was just... A cluster. I, I had a hard time following anything after we went to Killville. I was just like, okay. Cluster of awesome. <laughs> no, you'll get your chance. J.A., <laughs> you're a devotee of the 90s, just like my friend Chad. That was your time. when you, And you were reading all this X-Force stuff. What did you think of this? There is a saying about nostalgia. It, it you Thomas Wolf me. Don't you Thomas never Wolf go- me. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't that good of a story. <gasps> but I really love those full-page panel layouts. The double-page spread of the team all standing, looking at the camera badass. With their various pouches and swords and various accoutrements. When's the last time you had to turn a book sideways to see the double-page spread? <laughs> yes. So there was a lot going on. <laughs> um, trying to be diplomatic. I mean, you could say it, it was great. It was uh, it was great to see Cable, like the old man Cable, because in the Krakoa universe, Cable is Kid Cable. So it was nice to see old man Cable. It was nice to see Deadpool, the original Deadpool, without the little flicky toey oh, yeah. thing on the top of his head, whatever that is, like his little hoodie bit of fabric that's not quite. Yeah, Rob stretchy. Does not like that. He, he not does like not that. like. Th- no. Mm. How do you know that? Um, well, so he has this show. <laughs> <laughs> he puts it out there on the internet. Wolverine in action, doing the best he can do. I, it was fun. It was very hard to follow. It was a lot of ideas. It, it was very much a a mishmash of stuff thrown thrown at the wall to see what will stick. And not all of it stuck, I think. All right, Chad, you've been champing at the bit. Champing! That's right. So I'm going to start off and surprise you guys by saying that you are not wrong. This is a distillation. (laughs) (laughs) This is a master at his craft. Now, this is the second act of a story. You know, an overarching uh, plot there. And I I, I can agree the bad blood was a little bit stronger story-wise. But in this book, you get someone who is is bringing the heat. You get someone who is taking all those elements. We keep talking about, you know, 90s comic books and almost like it's a nostalgia thing. But I don't think it is. Sure, nostalgia might be part of it. But the fact of the matter is these are action-adventure books. They're mixed with soap opera elements, and that's something that's sorely missing from a lot of comic books today. You know, you just don't get the action. You don't get those full-page spreads. You don't get the artist-driven excitement that you get out of these Rob Liefeld pages. And are there things here that don't make sense? Yeah, but I think part of that disorienting uh, atmosphere was intentional when he's in Killville and he doesn't know what's going on, or, you know, when he's in Arcata's not uh, murder world. Killville. There's a Killville, but Killville's the guy. Some things do get confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will admit that. It might be a place, it might be the guy, maybe, you know, the costume changes from panel to panel, and you're getting Deadpool making all these, you know, fourth wall breaking comments. And it is, as Jay was saying, Rob Liefeld throwing a lot of things at the wall to see what sticks. But he's also throwing things that are awesome at the wall. He's like, you know what's cool? Venom and Deadpool smashed together. You know, they're going to fight Venom. Why not? <laughs> and then you know what? We're going to cut his head off. It's just idea after idea after idea. And I don't think Rob Liefeld gets nearly enough credit for the, the soap opera drama that he brings. 
all of his stories are filled with twists and turns, and you don't know where they're going, and when you think you know, it's going to turn a different direction, and then it all circles back to a place where people are, you know, body sliding out of here and time sliding out of there and all this other stuff. But uh, it's just fun. It's fun action, and it brings something that you don't see, you know, in comics all the time. Now, I, I'm a huge Rob Liefeld fan, and I get there there are detractors out there and people that are going to look at the minute details and be like, uh, you might be familiar with Dave Johnson, who did uh, Superman Red Sun. He's a pretty good artist, this Dave Johnson guy. And he was criticizing a Rob Liefeld uh, cover from Batter Blood Number no. 5. And he's like, look at Spider-Man's leg. Anatomically, his leg muscles would not uh, bend that way. <laughs> Listen, Dave Johnson, f*** you. <laughs> Rob Liefeld doesn't give any shits if he's anatomically correct, because that's not what his intent is. His intent is balls-to-the-wall action, excitement, and fun. And if an idea is cool, he's going to find a way to work it in. If that's an excuse to put a giant double-page spread in there, like, is this a meal I would want to eat every day? Probably not. You would get tired of it if this is all that was offered. But the fact that it's not offered hardly anymore, like, to get a series like Battered Blood, I think it's just a welcome respite from you know the overly wordy comic books that are out there the the characters that are just standing around talking and you know at one point he cuts off a monkey man's balls and throws him at tiger tiger <laughs> like it's wacky idea after wacky idea with you know melodrama characters popping up all over the place you know wolverine pops up cable pops up the deadpool core pops up spider-man pops up venom pops up venom gets his head chopped off yeah, there's so many things happening all at once, but it's all in fun. It's all in service of a bigger story, which I do think that uh, this whole Thumper saga, that is one of the intentions that I heard from Rob Liefeld's uh, internet show. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Rob's observation. Drink. As popular as Deadpool is, there's not a Deadpool rogues gallery. You know, he was borrowing villains from Howard the Duck and like facing Dr. Bong and things like that. And so one of the things Liefeld set out to do was to build up a rogues gallery. And I don't know if you guys remember uh, X-Force back in the day, but immediately after X-Force came out, one of the first things that happened, got a toy line, right? You remember that? You remember Scuba Cable? Yes. The X-Men wave? GW Bridge? That's right. The the second wave were all the the Rob Liefeld creations, the Shatterstar, the Deadpools, and all that other stuff. But I think he's out there. He's creating characters that could be toyetic. He's creating characters that are fun, that are exciting, that people are going to be interested in, whether it's Venom Pool and, you know, adding that to the mythos or whether it's Arcada, which, okay, Arcade is a cool idea. Like this guy who builds all these traps. Let's give him boobs. You know what I mean? Like it's everything is is designed to the max for max excitement. Listen, I'm going to pump the brakes because I don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying. But honestly, the way that you talk and the way that I read this particular book, that the first person I thought of when I was reading Batter Blood was George Lucas. That's who I thought of when I was reading this. Okay. Why? Because Batter Blood is the second part of a trilogy, right? So instead of like Empire Strikes Back, which was more of a collaborative effort in which there was a lot of conflicting ideas coming together to make a better product. Instead, we kind of got Attack of the Clones, which was just basically George Lucas saying, this is what I want. Anybody that doesn't agree with this can get out of the way. Time out, time out, time out. All right. Okay, so here's here's why I take up. I will point out that that Attack of the Clones is my favorite of the prequel trilogy. It is a thing. It is a thing. So Rob Liefeld's focus is on characters punching other characters in the face or Deadpool putting knives through his hands so he can be like Wolverine and stab people. Okay. George Lucas's Attack of the Clones was about trade routes. That was the first one. That's the first one. That was the first uh, one. The second one was all about war and like gladiatorial combat and battles with bounty hunters. All the action stuff that you're talking about. All I'm saying is I feel like Rob Liefeld would be better served with a strong partner. And I don't know what's went on with Chris Sims and Chris and Chad Bowers. I don't know. But it seemed like at times this could have been like a licensed property thing where they were like, here's the pages, put in some word bubbles. I don't know if that's happened. I'm pretty sure that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's Rob Liefeld's story and he's like, you figure out the word. Exactly. And I feel like 
you know, based on what I know from the 90s, based on what I know from like when truly there was some great stuff going on, there has to be more of a collaborative effort. There has to be more of a give and take between writer and artist. And I don't disagree with you, Chad. This is action-packed. This is exciting. And I would wish that more comic books were like this. But do I wish that this actually had a better plot to go along with that? Absolutely. That would take it to the next level. And I don't think this is going to go to the next level. And he's going to continue to get criticism until he gets paired with a writer that can be like, Rob, this makes no f***ing sense. Cut that Get rid of that. Do this. I don't, you gotta wait till Battle's Blood. No, you gotta wait till Battle's Blood. J.A., back me up on this. Which one of <laughs> us is right and why is it me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. I will tell you. This is why... No, we're just gonna go to a commercial. Oh! Does he go to commercials on his podcast? He does not. You know, he puts it out for free, and he doesn't have corporate sponsorships because he doesn't want to have to answer to anybody. He's his own man. <laughs> He's not going to answer to some silly scripter and whatever their idea is. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with more Last Comic Shop right after these commercial breaks with our ratings of Batter Blood. Like the words As matter. well. The words don't matter. <laughs> as well as our recommendations. Stay tuned. LastComicShopPodcast.com is the destination for all things shop. Plan your week with upcoming show schedules, the latest books, recommendations, and chatter from the crew. Subscribe to the show on all major podcasting platforms from one convenient location. Show your support and browse the merch store. T-shirts, tanks, hoodies for the fam, coffee mugs, magnets, totes, and more. Check out exclusive content through the show's YouTube channel and follow the pod on Instagram, Blue Sky, Threads, and others. All this and so much more at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. Hey all, I'm Frank. Join me and my friends as we talk about all things geek. Here at Geek Freaks Podcast, we go over the weekly news of everything in geekdom. From movies to TV, to video games, and comic books. We also have a growing YouTube community. Join us as we go over everything in your geek life and share in the love of geekdom. And we are now back, and we know what Chad is going to give this book, so it's just a matter of what (laughs) of four will he give it. More interested to hear what Andrew and I have to say about this, but uh, the scale is cross-hatching. How many cross-hatches? You know, in Rob Liefeld's uh, podcast, Observation, <laughs> he brings up how many of his fellow image artists were influenced by Barry Windsor Smith, who introduced a lot of the cross-hatching techniques, and Art Adams, and how they were basically trying to crib a combination of both. Mm. So, Andrew, <laughs> what are you giving? Oh, this is, this is a two? What? Fine. You know what? 2.25. Slightly higher than average. It is. I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. J.A. and you made excellent points about there were some exciting parts. There were some exciting visuals in these three issues. It was awesome to see, you know, splash pages with those awesome guys from the 90s, Cable and Wolverine and Deadpool, running up and doing battle with whatever they were going to do battle with. It was awesome to see Venom, Venom Pool and getting punched in the face. And, and, and I also got one of my favorite alternative costumes for Deadpool, which is his X-Force costume. I love his... I actually love his X-Force costume more than his red and blacks. Like, I love that gray and black look. I think it looks super good. I think sometimes the red and black looks too much like Spider-Man. And I'm like, I like the gray and black. It's a little bit different. But then again, I like the Wolverine costume in gray and black, too. But long story short, it's average. If he would have been paired with a writer that could have kind of brought more cohesion to that story, fleshed certain parts out, focused on either Department H uh, scientist guy or just the Killville part, not try to smash both of those ideas together. I thought it would have worked much better. And I can say that 
just for argument's sake, I probably gave Bad Blood closer to a three, maybe like a 2.85. It was closer to a good comic book. I really did enjoy Bad Blood. Batter Blood was just all over the map. All right, J.A., what are you giving this? So maybe we do need the trilogy, and I'm looking forward to the Bad Batter Baddest Blood trade paperback when they knock all 15 issues together into uh, a single book. I loved the parts that I loved, which was, you know, Rob Liefeld at his epic greatest. And I did not like the parts that Rob has historically been known to be not so good at. So some of the scripting and, and storytelling sort of he brought in scripters. You, you can blame those guys. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the whole action first and, and everything builds off of that. That being said, and Andrew, your points are all valid. I still think it rises above that. It's a fun read. It's a fast read. Weird crap happens. If you just like the long shot series, which I think you, you alluded to earlier, if you just keep reading and don't let it weigh on your mind so much, it's a very enjoyable. And what's the point of reading comic books if not to enjoy and, and have fun and, and check your brain out for a while if you want? Or... Check your brain in and, and really get into the thought process of why this is happening and why it makes sense or doesn't make sense for that matter. I'm giving it a three. It's just it's a three. It's glad that uh, he was able to come back to his character of Deadpool and, and play with those toys again, which brings me to uh, a quick question for the group, mostly Chad, but for the group, who is your favorite Marvel Rob Liefeld creation? Yeah. Because there are a couple. Yeah. I mean, there's Cable, there's Deadpool, there's Feral, there's Shatterstar, Feral. there's my favorite. Yes. <laughs> there's my favorite, Domino. Yeah, the, it's hard not to like Domino. I always liked her look. Strife. I love Strife. Oh. How about <laughs> that chromed out costume? Yeah. That was, and when he takes off the mask and it's Cable's face, and you're like, what the hell is this? This doesn't make any sense at all. all right. You have to wait six months for the next issue. Ah! I think I might go Shatterstar. I really love the look. The first Shatterstar look with that leather boxer's helmet, which doesn't make any sense. The giant shoulder pads, the little flowy cape, you know, the swords. And uh, I think we talked about this whenever we read Ronan. He does that thing where he stabs himself through to stab the bad guy. And then whenever I found that, you know, years later in that Frank Miller book, I'm like, look, he's copying Rob Liefeld. <laughs> Shatter, there was always just something cool about Shatterstar, that alien, you know, he had the, the blinky eye, you know, and I have a soft spot for Deadpool and a soft spot for Cable. I think those guys are great, too. But I've always liked the, the, the slightly lesser characters that don't get as much screen time because there's more mystery for me and I can fill in the backstory in my head. Yeah, rating. Oh, rating? Okay. Yeah, you guys know this is going to be a four. <laughs> uh, and so hear me out. I, I genuinely believe in my heart of hearts. That this is the the next evolutionary step in Rob Liefeld art, okay? Which I know for a lot of people will be a backhanded compliment. <laughs> They'll think that's a backhanded compliment. It's not. This is Rob Liefeld knowing what he does well and the things that he wants to do, and that is what he's doing. If you're coming to this book looking for anatomically correct pictures with intricate backgrounds, like go pick up a Jeff Darrow book. You're not going to get that here. You're not even going to get backgrounds most of the time. You're going to get Rob Liefeld action-packed, focus on impact, focus on extreme. And like I said, I wouldn't want every meal to be this way. You know, and, and I have nothing against, you know, well-written comics with lots of nuance and subtlety. But sometimes, just sometimes, I like to check my brain at the door, have a little bit of soap opera drama mixed with some hyper-aggressive action you know, with all that, like, when I discovered Rob Liefeld as a youngster, like, into my preteen and teenage years, oh, man, there's so much aggression there. It's like, if you were an angry kid, you you could connect with those lines and those gritted teeth, even though people had, like, 600 teeth in their mouth, and that didn't make any sense. It didn't have to. You could feel the gritting of the teeth and the screaming and the yelling and the, you know, all of that. It all comes through, and I just think, like, with this work, it reminds me of the Jack Kirby uh, coming back to Marvel. Oh, in the 70s. Yeah. You know, doing the, the Mad Bomb Captain America or even doing the, you know, some of the Fourth World stuff where he's on Commandy and just 
double page splashes all the time and crazy ideas back and forth. This is that version of that, only it is Rob Liefeld doing his take on it. And so as someone that in my formative years came came along with Rob Liefeld's stories and learned to appreciate that stuff, it, you know, it's like candy. I just, I love it, I love it, I love it. And as he's starting to move into some of his more creator-focused stuff, like I don't know if you guys saw the announcement last year about Bloodstrike. I'll be honest, the Bloodstrike, the, the teaser image I saw, a little too gory for my taste. Like, I prefer the, like, Rob Liefeld at this level, the PG-13, he's dancing on the line, but he's not going so far over it that it's, like, too much. Right? Like, this is the sweet spot for me. And so I will take, you know, bad blood, badder blood, baddest blood, even worse blood, more blood. Like, all that stuff, because it scratches an itch, and it is an artist who does what he does and knows what he does, and and that's what he's going to do. And let all these people complaining about the scripters be damned, because it doesn't matter. He knows what he does well, and that's what's happening here in this Deadpool series. Oh, geez. I wish that Rob Liefeld had drawn Marvel Zombies 3. Maybe he would have given it a better review. Maybe. <laughs> would have been fun. Oh, those them's fighting words. In any case, it's it's all now, those backgrounds it's getting now, in the way. It's now time for recommendations. This is the time of every single show where we like to give you other books in addition to all of these awesome Rob Liefeld creations that you can go pick up at your local comic book shop, including Deadpool Bad Blood, Deadpool Batter Blood, Deadpool Bad Blood in the original graphic novel format, Deadpool Bad Blood in the issues that it came out in, or Deadpool Bad Blood in the reconfigured trade that had those additional pages, plus Batter Blood, which by the time this airs, we're probably going to be looking at a Batter Blood trade paperback that probably has some other additional things that I'm going to have to buy too. Uh, but that's okay. I will buy it and I will love it. I'm waiting for my Rob Liefeld artist edition, please and thank you. Alright. Well, speaking of Rob Liefeld, I think J.A. has a strip down nostalgia lane for us with his recommendation this week. I do. I am recommending X-Force Epic Collection Under the Gun. Which collects X Force one through fifteen. This is the nineteen ninety one, the original X Force. Which X Force uh, number one, the number two highest selling comic book of all time. <laughs> I don't see that one as much in the buck bins, honestly. As, as a matter of fact, it even when it came out had outsold Jim Lee's X Men book because Jim Lee's X Men book, all of the different versions came out on different weeks. Oh. And so if you're going like a book that came out in one at one time. This is the number one. I never bought ever. it. I always I started with X Force number two. I had X Force number two. Oh, I never had X Force number Kane, one. Garrison Kane on with, the cover. Yes, with the new Weapon X. Oh, dude! On the I cover. have about fifteen copies. I can I can give you. I, I got the second print, the gold one. Um, I've got all the cards in <laughs> the bag. What else got, does What else does It's Spider Man number sixteen and Wolverine number fifty four. Uh, so this is like the start of X Force. You've got. The classic lineup of Cannonball, Boom Boom, Warpath, Domino, Shatterstar, Feral, and Cable. They're fighting off against Strife and his mutant liberation front. This is when no one knows who Strife is and, and, you know, what's the connection there. You also get some more locks. You get the new Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, not to be confused with the original Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Siren, Richter show up. Sunspot comes back after leaving in one of the great... I'm leaving this group walking away covers from New Mutants 99. Isn't that like a play mm. on that, that Cyclops issue from Uncanny X-Men with the bag mm. over yes. the shoulder? Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. an homage, he, he which is. was Jim Lee's studio, which isn't as good as Rob Liefeld. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Extreme sure, Let J.A. finish. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it's an homage. But it's great. It's a great issue. So that is what I am recommending. It's Rob Liefeld at his 1990s peak. After this, you could say it was downhill a bit. I don't know. I mean, they're conflicting things. You he went to he Image. He was Image, and uh, when he found it, Image, yes, but, comic company. Sorry. Okay, yes. <laughs> but Youngblood. Then he struggled. I think he just struggled a bit with Youngblood. He needed a, uh, an editor. He always worked better when he had an editor. Yeah, didn't he make Supreme? Wasn't that his idea? And then, like, what, Alan Moore ran with it or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So Supreme came out of that. Prophet, Bloodstrike, Brigade. So I was going to say, Rob Liefeld better freaking repost this goddamn thing. He's <laughs> retweeted stuff I've said before. Okay. I hope he listens to it. <laughs> 
Doesn't that have the awesome issue of uh, Spider-Man that's like sideways? Yeah, Todd McFarlane's last issue. Oh, yeah. So Which, that crossover was called Sabotage. And a little insider baseball, I learned on Rob Liefeld's podcast, Rob Observations. <laughs> Rob Liefeld and Todd McFarlane co-conspired to put that crossover out. They were trying to put it out at the same time as Jim Lee's X-Men number one, so as to sabotage the sales for that title so he wouldn't beat them and get the, the sales record. <laughs> wow. Dirty deeds. Done dirt cheap. Uh, any case, speaking of my recommendation this week, uh, I'm going to go back to something that I really love, which is classic Avengers. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you may have heard on this show before that one of my favorite runs of all time in comic books is like the first nine issues of the original Avengers book done by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee and Don Heck does issue nine, but it's primarily mostly Jack Kirby. You and pronounced Stan Lee. those names wrong. It was Jeff Loeb. And Rob Liefeld. (laughs) No, listen. I I kid. Listen. So recently, last year, there was an amazing five-part miniseries that was put out uh, called Avengers: War Across Time, which kind of plays off that particular era of the Avengers, that Silver Age team, which is by far one of the best lineups ever. That's the original big three of Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man, plus Giant Man and Wasp. It it's happens chronologically after issue 11, where they battle the robot of Spider-Man that was sent by Kang from the future to sabotage the Avengers. But really, that's the impetus of this particular story written by Paul Levitz, who I don't believe actually ever wrote for Marvel before this particular book. We know him because we covered that Legion of Superheroes, uh, the Great Darkness Saga, and he wrote a lot of stuff for DC, but I'm not sure he wrote a lot for Marvel. So this was a big coup to finally get him writing one of the big teams of the Marvel Universe. Not only that, but you have awesome work by Alan Davis, who I just really, really love. Whether it was his work on uh, Excalibur, he did some Avengers issues during that uh, uh, Kurt Busiek run in the 90s. He has that really classic style that fits with the classic Silver Age Avengers. I mean, the story is, eh, it's like your general run-of-a-mill comic book. Uh, They fight uh, a robot, Hulk. Then there's like this dwarf that comes from Asgard that brings a bunch of lava men and they fight those but but it's just really great comic booking and just again you want to turn your brain off and just read something fun pick up avengers war across time i think you'll have a blast chad okay so my recommendation is gonna be uh one of the first times i noticed rob liefeld coming back to marvel uh, which has resulted in this recent run with Bad Blood and Better Blood. It was a miniseries called Major X. It was spun out of a couple of issues of Wolverine that Rob Liefeld had worked on at one point. But it basically involves the son of Cable and Storm uh, coming back to do the traditional cable-based hopping across time hijinks and fighting with doppelgangers. And there's, you know, a Dreadpool. And you see all these characters, in addition to these cool costumes and swords and, you know, the the Rob Liefeld weaponry. But uh, I picked it up for the nostalgia trip. And I I saw it at my local Barnes & Noble and I thought, ah, I I love Rob Liefeld stuff. I'll pick it back up. And uh, boy, did it just reignite, uh, you know, a love of what he does with his stories. And it's similar to Batter Blood where it's, you know... Across the wall action. Wills Portasio from Image pops in to draw an issue and does a really bang up job there. But uh, if you are enjoying the batter blood and you want to see Rob Liefeld work more with Cable and uh, Wolverine and Beast shows up, Hank McCoy, you know, across all the different hijinks, uh, give Major X a try. I think it was another great addition to the Marvel Universe. And I, I can't wait to see the character pop up again here soon. I'm, I'm sure he has a mini-series planned in 2024. And so that's that's sure to spark some excitement around Major X. And one thing that we hope sparks a lot of excitement in 2024 as well is more episodes of The Last Comic Shop. Yes, we are back for our fourth season. 
well into 2024, you can check out our podcast every single Tuesday by just going out to www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com, finding any of those podcast platforms that we're on. They're all available right there on the website. Click on one of them, rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss any of our episodes coming up. Speaking of X-Men, just in two weeks, folks, we're going to be covering one of J.A.'s favorite periods of the X-Men with the Outback X-Men. Oh boy, you do not want to miss that if you are a fan of Wolverine and all things X. Make sure that you're rate reviewing and subscribing and getting back here for the last comic shop. You know, that was drawn by uh, Rob Liefeld's image uh, partner, Mark Silvestri, and Rob Liefeld also chimed in and did an issue, which was a, a, an homage slash uh, comedic take on Invasion which was a DC miniseries about an alien invasion that just so happened to be drawn by another image alum, uh, Todd McFarlane. <laughs> how, how, how do you know all this, Chad? Um, well, there's this show I listen to. It's called <laughs> Robservation. Green. Rob Liefeld. Uh, but honestly, I knew this stuff before uh, the Robservations podcast just because I'm a big fan. Big fan. Wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> so, also on our website, we've got links to our merch store. Uh, this week, we've got a special on pouches. And big shoulder pads, <laughs> along with uh, T-shirts, coffee mugs, tote bags, whatever you need for your comicing needs. And if you want additional pouches, you can go to Rob's Whatnot uh, Internet online auctions where he will sell autographed pouches. <laughs> uh, wow! So just be warned, they're, they're, they're at a premium price. You're going to get better deals at uh, our merch store at com. But in addition to merch, uh, you can always go back to the website uh, for links to the socials, see those things that we're posting out there. Sometimes we've got Golden Age covers to help tuck you in at night. Maybe one day we'll have a poll about polls again. Uh, we'll see. But there's Comic Talk, and it's all across the Internet. Your YouTubes, your Blue Skies, your Xs, your whatevs. Uh, so check us out there. And don't forget, while we are the last comic shop podcast, we don't actually want to be the last comic shop. So we encourage all of you to get out there, get your battered bloods. Get your bad bloods. Get your Avengers War Across Time. Get your X-Force Under the Gun, which contains so many of those great issues from the 90s. Or get uh, Major X, uh, which is one of the more recent Rob Liefeld creations out there. But find the comics that work for you, that you love, that you enjoy. Get those and read those and help spread the love for comic books out there. <laughs> All right. And until next week, when we hope that you come back to The Last Comic Shop, I'm the host with the most, Andy Larson. I'm joined always by Chad Smith and Jay Scott. And we hope that you stay safe. Stay warm out there. And stay listening to Rob Servation, the weekly podcast where Rob Liefeld spreads his love of comic books and comic book history. That's 11 for those counting at home 11 times. There are some drunk folks out there. We're hoping nobody's driving. Don't be listening to this car, folks. Get to a safe place. Pull over. Pull over. Well, if you didn't pull over already, we're in trouble. <laughs> do you know what you can do while you're waiting is tune in to Observations <laughs> with Rob Liefeld and catch up on some of those older episodes. Comic Shop Podcast was a 2024 Black Angus production.